turned out to be a punk rocker. You know what I do? Warning. This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. Welcome to Records and Bands. I'm Rob Jones. Joining us today, as usual, for the first time proper this year, is Sam. Hello. Regular co-host Jamie is here. Hello. That's just a little dig because we haven't seen you yet this year, Sam. Yeah, 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 I know. I know. And we've got a new guest this week, Aaron Lewis from the Last Jedi on the Left podcast joins us. Hello, thanks for having me. Welcome to Records and Bands. Um, do you want to give a quick plug for your new, well, for your pretty new podcast? Yeah, um, it's uh, it's just one that I'm sort of working on at the minute. So, uh, but it's going to be covering all things film, which is harder to say than I was anticipating. <laughs> then, <laughs> but yeah, so obviously the the idea being, I'm big into my sci-fi, so The Last Jedi, and also quite into my horror, so Last House on the Left. Combine those two things, but it's it's going to be a general film podcast. I wouldn't just limit myself to those two things, but. Excellent. I listened to your first introductory episode the other day and I'm waiting for my invite. I have things I want to discuss with you. Yeah, so your mates are Jamie and I heard you on uh I heard you talking about your love for all things Scarpunk on his Talking Dad podcast. So I thought it'd be cool to get you on for this episode. Yeah. We did Streetlight Manifesto on that YouTube, didn't we? We did. They are definitely one of my favourite bands of all time and it's uh it's a genre um yeah one of my pretty much my favorite genre i'd say so uh excellent we got the right man in for tonight then because that was about the same finally i'm gonna say because you're you're dirty little scar punker as well aren't you sam yeah 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 been known to be yeah before we get into it properly i've got an on-the-spot question of the week for you i know you've been looking forward to these right we need leon here really for this one but what is the correct playing position for the bass guitar? Is it knees, <laughs> hips, or nips? Um, I think hips. I mean, I suppose I should bring up that. Yeah, I know Jamie's brought up before. We played in a in a band in school together, um, and for about uh, three minutes there, I was the bassist in that band. <laughs> <laughs> And you probably realise when we get into actual music chat that I've got not really a lot of music sense. So that's probably why I didn't last long in the band. You've been right for a bass player? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with hips. Yeah, hips. Hips. Righto. Nips. <laughs> Too much. Too much. Too much. Yeah. It's Lee not the 50s it. anymore. Up there, isn't it? Is, that, is that the boy from Rush? Oh, what about the other option of the guy from uh, Iron Maiden, you know, holding like a, like a gun? Uh, this week, we are looking at Less Than Jake's Hello Rock View, which Sam put in our top six 90s punk records a few months ago. Um, and I can leave a link to that in the show notes. So Less Than Jake are a ska punk band formed in Gainesville, Florida in 1992. And Hello Rock View is their fourth studio album. Is that right? Sounds right. Third, I make it. But yeah. yeah. And first on a major label? Third, did you say? I think it's third. Third, right. Okay. I think you've got Pez Core and Losing Streak, the first mm, two. Right, okay. Well, it's the first one on Capitol Records. Uh, released in 1998, the album features fast-paced tracks. It showcases the band's sound, blending punk and ska with upbeat, catchy lyrics. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, standout, standout tracks include All My Best Friends and Metalheads and History of a Boring Town, somewhat of an anthem for the mean streets of the HR6, or 
any small town that you choose to live in. The album was well received by both fans and critics and has become a classic of the genre, so much so that we had to make a top six. We had to squeeze it in, didn't we, Sam? Mm. We did, Who yeah, makes a top um... six? Hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, we know that you love this record, certainly. I do. Certainly more yeah. than I do, and I have seen them a couple of times at Vans Warped Tour things at Reading and Leeds. Bobby, uh, I'll be interested to hear any stories or thoughts that you boys might have before we get into some categories. So, Sam. Yeah, I remember hearing Less Than Jay when I was in school, sort of like 12, 13 years old. Um, her Borders and Boundaries first, which is the record after, went back and found this. And like, from, coming from, from listening to a lot of sort of straight up punk bands at the time that had been really into Green Day in particular. I suppose Rancid were had that star element to them, but like, you know, Less Than Jake come along and it's like, holy shit, man, there's trumpets on this. You know, there's there's a whole brass section and you hear Less Than Jake and just thinking like, what an absolute quality band. What a, and above all, what a fun band. You know, like, I know there's quite serious subject matters in some of it, but like, you, you can't hear Less Than Jake and not feel like you're going to have a wonderful time. And I've seen them live a couple of times, but for me, they are best at a festival, sort of mid-afternoon, just the sun shining. You're just going to have a lovely time for 40 minutes. Sorry. Yeah, I was just, yeah, I largely agree with, with pretty much everything you said there. I've, I think I have seen them quite a few times now as well, because they seem mm. to regularly tour. So yeah. uh, they're usually knocking about. Uh, I think my introduction to, to, I guess, Scar Punk in general comes from the... Well, I think it was the first gig I ever went to. So I was it's probably like 10, maybe 10 or 11, went with my old man. Um, it was a Sum 41 gig, but the nice. support act was Real Big Fish. I uh, never, yeah. never heard them before, anything like that before, really. So obviously that was absolute, like, just sugar to the 10 year old in me you know that was like just daft and, and all over and then kind of you get a little bit older and you kind of progress there into bands that take themselves a little bit more seriously it is a very little bit more um but that was where less than jake and you know you sort of look into like you said with rancid it was probably you look into more like operation ivy because they're a bit mm. more scar punky type things as yeah. well and yeah go from there i was sort of what would i have been eight when this album came out so it, it wasn't something it was I was on top of at the time. I've come to it a bit later, but God, I think it, even like Anthem was probably out as well by the time I was getting into it. Yeah, yeah, good record to be fair. What was that, 2004 or something like that? Something like yeah. that, yeah. It was on my shortlist for the uh, sort of 2000s wave of punk podcast. That I, I we haven't got a record. Did we record that? No, we did, I haven't Sorry, got a record I... on that yet, no. Um, I, yeah, I can remember seeing them, definitely I saw them on the main stage at Reading in 98. I think they were on probably in between Deftones, or they might have been on before Deftones, but it's the same day that the like it was like Foo Fighters and Deftones, and yeah. I think Offspring might have played it. But anyway, it's, yeah, so we saw them, and the high energy is all I can, you know. They definitely yeah. left an impression because... I remember seeing them and they would have been on at about one o'clock in the afternoon. So yeah, they're one of the, like the first sort of bands that I remember kind of feeling a little bit, I mean, like always striking out my own a little bit, if you know what I mean? Like I liked a lot of the, like that punk stuff through you and our rich, you know, you've been a bit older. That was always around, but like less than Jake sort of were kind of like a, Oh, hang on. This is kind of the same, but different. 
And yeah, it's funny you mentioned Real Big Fish. A friend of mine, um, I think this is the right story. I'm sure he saw Less Than Jake and Real Big Fish on a like a co-headlining thing. And he left after Less Than Jake played because he was like, what's the point? Yeah, if you're going to have them two co-headlining, you definitely want it the other way around. Any general thoughts, Jamie? No, they've covered it. <laughs> it's uh it's something that pop probably passed me by and i would have got into it secondhand through aaron i would imagine with the timeline um which i'm sure we'll get into in a bit but yeah not not one that um i would have discovered myself i did put a little tweet out this morning i asked if there was any less than jake fans around and what were their favorite tracks on hello rock view where does it sit in the pantheon of 90s scar punk and do you really need to wear your base that though? So I can't remember. What's his name? Roger. That's it. Yeah. He literally has it down around his knees. And I don't know how we can even play that and not have serious back issues. Yeah. And it's not as if he's just like standing chugging, there, is it? Like, he's, a, a, he's an unbelievable bassist. Yeah. And he's there like. Couldn't have it much higher up, could he? He'd get like dreadlocks would get yeah, caught in it and all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Has he still got the dreadlocks? Yeah. As far yeah. as I know. I haven't seen him in a few years now, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I put that Twitter that out on Twitter, and I got a few things back. That F King guy, um, he said he once owned a copy, and, and it had a fair amount of play, but all he could remember was all my best friends are metalheads. But then he said he went went round to the supermarket with it on, and somehow he remembered every single word that was on it. So there you go. Chris from Superfancast, he said he's not really a big fan of the genre, but he picked this up after hearing History of a Boring Town, which is still an amazing song. Joe from Hallmark of Greatness says, first off, the lower the bass, the cooler the bassist. That's just fucking science. <laughs> he got it with a bonus losing streak disc. Um, he thinks this is an oddly bleak album. It's all about boring hometowns and people living in the past. That is kind of less than Jake's sort of... Uh... Probably explains why I vibed with it so much as well then. <laughs> It's 90s teen angst, isn't it, really? Yeah. Captain J Spaulding. Loved this album back in the day. Saw them for live three or four times in the early 2000s. Favourite song, Scott Farkas takes it on the chin. The horn hook just immediately cheers me up. There we go. You see? That's it. LI Sports fan. Just saw him in concert a few months ago. Great show. Here we go. Sean Caster. He says, I still got the CD. I love this album. I remember some of my friends hating it because they felt that their sound had changed too much, maybe too mainstream. And I've got loads and loads more. It's just like, this is Twitter blowing up for us. So like 12 <laughs> replies, mega. So thank you. If you responded and I haven't, and I haven't read you out, sorry, but only so much time in the world. Should we move on to some categories? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Right then, men. What's the best track on the album? And feel free to chuck a few notable mentions out there and have a bit of a chat around and see and come to some kind of conclusion between you. It's, it feels like it's right for like a hot take, this does. But, I mean, really, the, the best song on the album is probably All My Best Friends Are Metalheads, right? Yeah. It's I, definitely I... the most popular one because I think it was on like, Tony Hawk's video games, which yeah, has probably yeah, yeah. been another way I've got into this kind of music as well, to be fair. And in like all sorts of different places. I mean, there are there are probably if that was one A, then there's probably five in the one B category, I think, for me as well. Well, where, what was in on your sort of your short list? I mean, I've also got History of a Boring Town, which again, I think that was the other single. Yeah. I think the 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 thing for me is that the album is paced really well. Mm. 
So I think the first three or four tracks are really good. And then every time you think it's dipping, there's another track that comes in and then it's really good. Yeah. So like History of a Boring Town, uh, Big Crash, and then I really like Al's War at the end as well. Right. I'm glad you said that because for me, that's the best track on the album. I love Al's War. I think it's, I wouldn't say that's than Jake is saying me, but that is quite a different sounding song. Yeah. I really like that. And I've also put Motto down that's in the middle. I love the guitar riff. The, 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 it's really, really cool. Um, but, you know, you're right. Um, Metalhead is like, it's iconic, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder, I think a little bit for me as well is, can I separate listening to the album tracks now to comparing it what it's like when I've seen them live as well? Mm -hmm. So it's like whenever they do Metalheads, they always have that, you know, the little the voiceover bit with the, the old fella saying about uh, yeah, dope yeah. addicts who are glue sniffers. And that is on like the tannoy or whatever in the arena first, and then they jump into the song. And it's always like everybody gets up at that moment. Yeah. It's like the entire crowd lifts at that point. So uh always helps with that kind of when you listen back to the song, you associate it back to that. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. And it's like they've got some fairly big tracks, but that is the big, big less than Jake track, isn't it? Um, I love Liberty City as well, the opening track on it. Uh, Nathan, who plays bass um, in our band, that's his little like sound check thing that he does. So he'll always plug his bass in, then play like the dead, and then play that little intro on his bass, and then switch off with Younger. That's, that's almost like his little tick. So like, I, I've heard that so many times. But when you hear it with like the, like, the, the little like that on the uh, tannoy yeah, yeah. thing, and it's just. That's, that's, I think that's an amazing song. I think it's a great way to kick off the album as well, isn't it? With that. Yeah, it, it, it sets its stall way. Exactly. Um, Anything to add, Jay? I had Metalhead and I've got Five State Drive. I quite enjoyed. Uh, yeah, good yeah, I like, yeah, that's another yeah. good one. That's got the horns on as well, hasn't it? I quite mm -hmm. like that. Have we got a consensus though? Or I just want to throw out because um, we never usually have him. a consensus, do we? So. <laughs> no. Um, Nathan wanted me to say that um, Scott Farkas takes it on the chin. It's his favorite song on the album. Which is a great song to be bet. So we've we've narrowed it down to about five or six tracks then. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, been so normally half do. the album. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well that's fine. We'll leave that there and we'll move um swiftly on to is there anything that you kind of like we call it skippable tracks, but it could just be that it's quite difficult on a like half hour album where songs are usually less than three minutes to go, Oh, that's that's dragging a bit. I'll skip that on. But that's the kind of essence of the next category, the skippable tracks or skippable moments, rather than saying worst song, which is really mm -hmm. what we're getting at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you kind of said that, Rob, because I know that you, you mentioned, like we mentioned in the, in the week when I was listening to this, you sort of said, what's the, the skippable track? I'm going, it's only 37 minutes long yeah. and most tracks are like two minutes 40. So if I'm even if I'm thinking about skipping it, by the time I've had that thought, it's nearly finished anyway. So. I've been listening to some stuff today and I was just wondering, like, is there any reason at all where, why any album needs to be more than like 40 minutes long? Uh, I mean, as a ska punk slash punk <laughs> fan, no. <laughs> but like even I was looking at some of like the old, because obviously I'm doing this um, little Iron Maiden project with Eon. If you look back at some of the older Iron Maiden stuff, like they're, they're, they're coming in around 40 minutes, 45 mm. minutes, because Leon used to always do me like he, he'd have the CD and he'd do one album on one side of a C19 and another album on the other. And I might lose 30 seconds of a song 
So even like the old Iron Maiden stuff was, con- you know, tighter. Yeah, I think um, my my attention span struggles. Like if I see an album's an hour long, I'm like, don't know about that. But that's probably just because the the time I have to sort of listen to stuff is limited. Because you mm. know, I generally, it's like I take the dog out, so I've got like forty five minutes to sort of put something on. Yeah, and I, I use music and stuff like that at work to pass the time. So if uh, if, mm. if it's a long album and the job's long and boring as well, then I get a bit like, oh, so, yeah. Like, mm. like the, the last therapy album was 33 minutes, and it's cracking. Yeah. So, sorry, we're off topic again. Yes. Yeah, I'm pr- I'm of the thought, my, in my notes, I've put, what's the point in skipping anything? The album's about 10 minutes long. And that, that's kind of how I feel about it. But that's like, how I, I feel about a lot of Rancid albums, when they're, when yeah. they're like 22 tracks, 18 tracks, but you have a look, it's like 44 minutes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I did nothing on there really, and that's like the better songs. There's lots of good songs on the album, but yeah, I'm not skipping anything to be honest. Okay. And that is largely because, not because it's all uh, shatteringly good, but because it's sort of okay. Like you're saying, it's well, I'm a bit sick of this, but it's done now. So okay, I'm gonna just leave it on. Something I noticed listening back to some of the uh, stuff that you've been doing while. Uh, I've been on gardening leave. It's like there is so much less swearing when I'm not on it. Yeah, <laughs> my nose that trying. Bad, that, it, it used to be me. I'm through my. Yeah. I'm, I'm through my. It's a podcast. We can do what we like. Say whatever we want. I'm through that now. Grown up now. See. Yeah. So like. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got anything that, you didn't like on this, Jamie? Nothing in particular. I didn't like. I just. I suppose I know it's not a long album, particularly, but. I did drift a bit towards sort of the final third. I, I, did, I, did, I did find it slightly samey. And we spoke about this when we discussed Streetlight, didn't we, Aaron? That yeah. I can pick out maybe three or four that I quite enjoy. But then if you played something at a house party or something, I wouldn't jump up and start trying to turn it over. It's um, But it did get a little bit samey. That's good to know for if you ever come around my house. I, that's what I've heard all at your house anyway. And I, <laughs> I'm like... I've never heard this before, and I put it on, and I think, oh, I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know the words to this one. Why do I know that? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because it's like it is a blind spot for me. In quite a lot of like this scar punk stuff, is I I know the hits. If you like, I think I think because like the punk stuff I was into in the night in the nineties was like Bad Religion and Rancid, and it was a little bit like more straight ahead punk. Whereas as soon as you get the brass section in, I don't know if I. That come that sort of comes in again a little bit later, you know, even just three yeah. or four, mm. even just a few years later yeah, before yeah. it, and then it's stuff like Real Big Fish, which I find really quite annoying. Um, sorry, yeah, so, I'm I'm not a massive no. Real Big um, Fish fan to be honest, and I'll be honest when people say to, like Scar Punk to me, I kind of think like the first one that comes to my head is like um, is it Santeria by Sublime? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, that that comes in my head. I think oh, I'm sick of that track as well, like, but. So, but yeah, like I'm with Jamie in that. So, to me, some like I couldn't te- tell you one song from the other, but it's not terrible. I wouldn't if it was on. Mm. I wouldn't switch it off. If either of you two got any moments in this record that you think, oh, I wish I'd written that. That's amazing. Uh, Aaron, do you want to go? Um... <laughs> <laughs> and it it doesn't have to be a song. It could be like a little guitar guitar line or a lyric or just some part of the arrangement that you think, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I guess to be honest, it's kind of going back to what sam mentioned before in 
I guess it's Al's War. It's probably the one for me, and it's pretty much the entire of that song. Just because it does, like you said, Sam, it does sound different, mm. and it does feel again, it's scar punk, so it's not profound, but it's like uh, almost as profound as it gets for this yeah. kind of thing. So I guess that that would be my answer. There's some stuff on uh, the next album, Borders of Boundaries, towards like the back of it, like this thing is this thing on and stuff like that that have quite a similar feel. So I, I do wonder if there is a little bit of a if, if they are if they're like the less than Jake ballads almost. Do you think that's anything to do with it being on a major label, or do you think they're just growing growing up and we've been getting a bit more mature as musicians and songwriters? Or personally, and I feel free to weigh in if you feel different. I don't think that. I think Lester Jake perhaps get a little less, certainly into borders and boundaries. It just sounds a bit tighter and a bit more polished. But I don't think it, there's much in the way of, like, I don't think the subject matter doesn't really change. The, 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 it is a, perhaps a slightly softer album, borders and boundaries. But I don't, I don't see them as like a sellout. No, 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 no. No, it was more in terms of, I'm not saying that they're going to, not sing about something because they're now on a major label. Yeah. It's more just that a little bit more polished, a little mm. bit more time to spend on stuff, a little yeah. bit more work's gone on in the studio, and that sort of thing. I mean, my, I guess my long answer to this would be that there definitely was a changing of their sound that that sort of happens. As I think infamously, it kind of happens after Anthem with an yeah. album called In With The Out Crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. then all the Lester and Jake fans didn't really like. So th- after that, they go back to sort of a bit more brass and a bit more. But it's mm. by that point, they are older in general, like, you know, happens to the best of us. And it's just not quite got the same hooks. It just feels like a lesser version of everything that came before mm. by that point. So there is, I think there is a sort of slow changing of their sort of style over the years, but perhaps... It doesn't happen in those first four or five albums necessarily. Have you got anything more for the I Wish I Wrote That, Sam? Or I've got a couple of little bits I'd, I'd like to touch on, but just, just following on the map, like, to, to me, Aaron, it's kind of like you get to Anthem, and that's all kind of a little bit where I switched off a little bit. I've heard in with the outcry, but I don't think I've heard much after that. But yes, yeah, that's a fair comment about that. Um, in the outcry album is very different. To our categories, I absolutely love the bass intro on Liberty City. I wish that, like, like I said, every time Nathan plays it, I wish that was one of our songs that we were going into. And to be honest, um, I love the riff from Motta. I think that's really cool. But on my notes, I've, I've just said that I've been in my band for like five or six years and we're still trying to write stuff like it, really. You know, it, it's that, like, I've, I, I do listen to that this album. And it does get the, the the creative fires burning a little bit for what we do with the, with the angry barrel. Does that go all the way back to stuff like with the Navajos as well, or is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were always, uh, you know, always a pretty big influence. And to be honest, I listen to it, think, oh yeah, I can steal that. <laughs> you know, like just little ideas. Like I think Best and Jake are quite good at like the, the pacing, not of just of the album, but within the songs. There's little like little like, half bars that sort of drop the pace, then it goes again. And it's sort of, yeah, I think, I think for quite a straight band in terms of like, you know, everything's pretty dead. There is a subtlety to it once you get kind of get into it. We were just sort of getting into it a bit then. That's why I was thinking about moving us on. But I was going to ask, like, where does it sit alongside their other work? Like, you can rank it if you want, or just 
we start touching on how maybe it changed and that. But yeah, if you don't want to carry on that conversation, we started two minutes ago. It's it's their best album, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. There there are like you say, borders and boundaries. It's got uh, Gainesville Rock City. Mm. Anthem's got two or three good songs. Even like Pezco's got Shotgun. Losing Spirit's yeah. got a few on there as well. But none of them are as consistently as good as this one. I don't think. No, I agree. Um, I, I for me, it would be a toss up between this and Borders. But I think where we say like um, like what you skip on this album because it's you know it's short. It's for like, I think. Border Badge is a bit long, almost. There's some really good songs at the end, so I'm not just saying just cut it off, but like it's not as tight as as this album. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's their best work. And, you know, like, I might put Borders on more often than I'd put this on, perhaps, but it's probably just for, like, just, like, look what happened on it as well as on there, isn't it? And, and it's the album that I heard first. But, yeah, I would say this is... This is them at their best, I would say. I, I got confused over which albums you'd put on which list. So Borders and Boundaries would have been on your initial list back when we started the podcast. Was it Sam or? Yes, I think it yeah, was. And yeah. then Hello Rock View we did on this, on the 90s punk list. So with that in mind, how does it compare with its peers? Like, Are we right to have it in our punk list? How does it sit alongside the other big punk and ska punk records of the time? And I'm just looking at um, you two because you... Yeah. <laughs> if you it's want like to jump up, Jamie, just yeah. let us know. But... Sam always takes a piss out of me for uh, doing grunge school, so this is Scar Punk school. Mm. The thing is, is, and this is something you guys have mentioned before, but it's more you, you guys have mentioned it before with like older punks. But I think there is a thing around punk fans that they get a bit sniffy about Scar Punk, yeah, because it's got a trombone in it or a saxophone, then it's no good. It's just for kids, and I mean. It's a gateway drug. That's the way I'd put it. But um, but yeah, I think it it probably is in that what we what you'd call third wave scar. It's probably a top three, I think, for me. But don't ask me what the other two are. <laughs> so again, I, I'm Rob. You won't believe how I am tonight. And um, in my notes, I put that like this album. It might not be London Calling. But it's it's as good as like Let's Go by Rancid, I think. It's it's that maybe it isn't like one of the great albums of all time, but when you look at it against other stuff that's arranged, like and you're probably gonna say this is sacrilege, Rob, but sacrilege. But like this Hello Rock View to me is like twice the album of like Stranger Than Fiction or something like that. I think it's as good as it's probably Probably not quite as good, maybe as like like on the walls. It's a bit earlier, but for me, it's like it is. It's a serious, serious album amongst. I'd probably rather listen to this than Operation Ivy. I would say. Do you think that's because it's your record, whereas like Bad Religion, like like Strangers in Fiction, is the the record that really got me into the punk stuff. That and like early on, there was Ducky, Strangers in Fiction, Smash, and that was like yeah. on heavy, heavy rotation. It was those four for me. And Green Day Featherway and Offspring Featherway and Rancid and Bad Religion have stuck around for me. Yeah. And while I appreciate that it's probably their most, like you've said before, it's probably their most accessible record. Mm. Do you think that's something similar for you with your thoughts around Hello Rock View? I, I mean, they're very, maybe. very different, aren't they? They are, yeah. And I do 
would say I'm a more of a less than Jake fan than a bad religion fan. But like, a bad religion can be hard work at times. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I don't don't see this album at all um, like that. But I I think it's you know you want to it's up there with you know anything from '94 to like 2000, I suppose. This album. So the Big Drink Energy podcast actually sent me a list of their Scar Punk Pantheon, if you like. Um, mm. So in no particular order, they've they've said The Hand That Thieves, Streetlight Manifesto. That's one of yours, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah. The record. Keysby Knights, Catch-22. Which, bit of a cheat, because Catch-22 are basically, it was like nine... So, so many members are basically the same members of Streetlight Manifesto. All right, okay. Because ah. Streetlight Manifesto then re recorded Catch 22. Boom! Knowledge. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Dropping bombs. Dropping knowledge bombs. Um, Firm, is it by Voodoo Glow Skulls? Um, yeah. Energy Operation Ivy. He's got Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt on here. It's yeah, a good people, album. Yeah. We spoke about I it. Mean, it was an honorable mention around this list because it was, it was a massive, got... massive record, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a Scar Punk record, nah. though. For my money, at least. Losing Streak, Listen, Jake. Yeah. yeah. And then Everything Goes Numb, Streetlight Manifesto. So Sound like this person's got good taste. That's what I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I may, I uh, so Nathan, the much-mentioned, never-seen bassist, I, I reached out to him and, and said, tell me how you feel about Hello Rock View in 10 words or less. And he responded, best album ever, I'm willing to die on that hill. And, you know, he is a massive Less Than Jake fan. He's a big fan of Scar, Punk and stuff. And that's right in his wheelhouse that this record, you know, doesn't surprise me. If it's a general all-time great, I don't, maybe not, but for its genre and its era, 100%. Yeah. You know, that list of six that we made, Rob, it definitely deserves its place on there. Um, and they go to be fair, going back to listening to it, it was a, almost an afterthought when we did that um, podcast, which looking back now, it feels like a a bit crazy that I didn't. I, I think I did fight for it a little. No, you bit, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should have probably been a bit more. It would have been a harder fight if we hadn't done Ducky yes, a year ago. Yeah. Like so, so just generally, general records. Does it make your all time top records list? And if so, how high? It's in. A top ten for me, I reckon. I'd say I'd be comfortable saying that. So, like tenth, yeah. maybe yeah. at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was on a show, on someone else's podcast, and they said, "Oh, you do a music podcast. What's your favorite? What like what's your favorite records? Like top three favorite records?" And I was like, "Well, do, do this was my favorite record, and I've no idea what the next ten are. But I mean, I can make a mm-hmm. list, but it always change. But." Do that will be at the top every time. It's like, like it's like when someone turns around to you and says, "Just name a film," and you're like, "I cannot remember any yeah. films." <laughs> it's not that. I think it's more that like every you have a top of the hill, and then everything below it is always changing. So yeah, it's definitely. like I generally have a top three Pearl Jam albums, but the order of that three always changes. So it would be on my list of my favorite records. Probably it's probably I don't know. It's not something that if. I think it's a little bit unfair to compare it to some other stuff. So, like, like I said, you know, like, well, I don't know, the calling perhaps is a fair, fair comparison, but like, you know, like, I don't know how you compare Hello Rock View to Nebraska, for example. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? And it, it's, it's to, like I said before, of, of, of 
this sort of corner of my music, you know, the punk stuff, the scar stuff, it's right up there. You know, I think it's as good. I think it's, you know, Ducky, Wolves, all that sort of stuff. It's right up there for me. I think the, and probably last last one I've got on this, I think really, but uh, it's like you say, you can't, I don't know if you can really compare it to a lot of other types of albums. The only way I would sort of gauge this is how much it just makes me want to dance around the kitchen or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I always yeah. say that Outcome the Wolves is my number one dance around the kitchen like a dickhead record, so. Yeah. Have you yeah, got one of them, Jay? there as well. A dance around the kitchen record? Dance, dance around the kitchen like a dickhead record? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Put me on the spot now. I'm like, Aaron, I can't remember any music yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say on on the, this record, though, it, it wouldn't fit into one of my top whatever list, top 30 list, let's say, but I wouldn't be opposed to going and going with Aaron and seeing these live. And if, not so much recently, but we, we have the, um, used to be called Jazz and Blues Festival up here near us in Nantwich. And it would be bands on, Along this kind of lines, you would always have a, a brass section or, or something like that. You might someone might pull the trumpet out. I'm up, I'm up, and I'm ready for a dance or whatever we want to do at that point. I, I'm, I'm like, it might not be in my wheelhouse, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely up for it once uh, if it was live. <laughs> you, you usually up if you're about four pints deep as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm usually Test stood next. Knees, I... I'm usually stood next to you as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, have we got anything else to add on this album before we uh, wrap up? Just that I had a wonderful week listening to it. It was a lovely excuse to jump back in. Excellent. So that was Records and Bands this week. I'll put all the links in the show notes to our socials, the Patreon and both of your podcast boys. Um, Talking Dad for Jamie and Laugh Dead on the left for Aaron. Jamie's here all the time as fourth chair, isn't he? And hope Aaron will be back soon. In a couple of minutes, hopefully. <laughs> So yeah, like all the links will be in the show notes. That was Less Than Jake, and we've been Records and Bands. Tell me how-